This is episode 370 of The Real Me and Colon, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at Haunt for Jesus, Save Your Soul. What will he think about it? And what else is on Peacock since that's also going there? Well, you just have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. I am your host, Chase Lee. And thank you for stopping by and tuning in on this wonderful movie podcast day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. And speaking of you guys, if you could spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. All you guys' support from week to week, month to month, year to year has been phenomenal. And I really adore every single one of you. Hey, listen, maybe there's someone out there that um, doesn't like movies, or maybe someone in your friend and family group is looking for a movie podcast to listen to. You could throw this one their way, and you know, maybe they'll join, maybe they won't, maybe they'll be annoyed within the first five seconds. Who knows? But we just got to try and find out, you know? But uh, yeah, so thank you for uh, stopping by and um, yeah, just supporting the, the show. This is episode 370. Like I said at the top, I will be going over Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. It's a mockumentary narrative blend, comedy drama blend uh, with uh, Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall. They both play pastors of a mega church, and they um, there's a scandal that happens, and so they have to kind of rebuild their congregation. So that is the main topic of conversation, and it's going to Peacock and select theaters this weekend. So I figured, why not? Let's go over Peacock as well, because I have a surprise uh, movie that dropped on Peacock that I caught up on and, um, yeah, we'll go over it. So, uh, nice little surprise there to keep you waiting. So, so that is on the agenda today. Um, but, uh, but as usual, I got to ask, <clears throat> you guys doing pretty good. Everyone doing uh, okay out there. Hope everyone has, is having a fantastic day, uh, or night whenever you're listening to this. And you know, it's almost September. Another month has, uh, is upon us and the year's almost over. What happened to 2022? That is the real story here. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, I would I did not have an episode last week. Uh, I had really bad allergies. Uh, I'm still going through it uh, today. So if I cough a little bit off to the side or whatever, it's not COVID. It is allergies, and they are terrible. So yeah, I was just kind of ill last week, and I just really didn't want to get on camera and just cough every five seconds. So that was the reason why there was no episode last week. However, I watched nine movies so far. I think ten. Um, excuse me. There it is off of a list of movies that I've missed throughout 2022. So I have been watching so much and you guys will get a catch up kind of review podcast, uh, coming out, um, eventually, uh, I want to kind of get through the entire list, but, um, it might be broken up into two parts, but you know, cause I have the next three, uh, episodes laid out. I would like to squeeze that in as an extra episode just for your your patience and waiting and all that stuff, uh, especially for last week since I missed it. But that's why I just wasn't feeling really well and I didn't want to cough every five seconds on on uh, you know the recording or whatever. So that is why. But I did my work and I caught up on a bunch of movies for you guys. So expect a a bonus episode at some point. Uh, one of those movies will be on this episode uh, when I when I review it but um other than that the rest will be on a like catch up uh podcast so that's the that's the thing um speaking of the next couple weeks i got the next couple weeks uh planned out uh next week uh the episode will go over barbarian the new uh searchlight uh uh film looking forward to that and then the following week 
will be The Woman King, uh, the newest film from TriStar Entertainment uh, with Viola Davis and John Boyega. Really looking forward to that one. So that is the next two episodes. Um, and then you will get the extra one at some point. So yeah, that is what's, uh, that's what's going on there. But yeah, you know, just a busy, busy week. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, just catching up on, on films and figuring out a schedule for you guys for the month. And yeah, it's just been crazy. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I saw the, the one, uh, the movie in conversation, um, I saw last night and I hadn't been to I feel like I haven't been to a theater in a while, but it, it was a it was a hoot, uh, hoot and good time. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been up to this week. I just went to that one screening, and then uh, in terms of catching up on TV shows, uh, the big thing that I'm watching right now is uh, House of the Dragon. Really liking the first two episodes so far. I've never been like the biggest Game of Thrones fan. I've been a very casual fan, uh, but I'm liking this uh, series thus far. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I'm excited to start the Patient. The uh, show with uh, Steve Carell and Donald Gleason. Uh, so looking forward to that. Other than that, I've just been kind of watching my normal stuff. Nothing really new. I need to watch the third season of um, Never Have I Ever. Never Have I. Yeah, that, that's it. I was just like, I, I just had like a total stroke there for a second. But um, yeah, looking forward to uh, finishing up that. But uh, yeah, really just been kind of a chill week, just catching up. Literally, I'm not even joking, guys. I spent one day, I spent like five or six movies uh, deep, and I, I watched a bunch back to back. So um, looking forward to reviewing all of them for you all. So yeah, so look forward to that. So, but in terms of TV, just really nothing new, except for House of the Dragon, lacking it so far. So yeah, so speaking of Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, it is dropping in select theaters this Friday, September 2nd, um, and on Peacock. And so Peacock has been very helpful in terms of going down some of the list of movies that I have missed this year and I wanted to watch for you guys. And so I'm going to do a surprise review right now. Uh, what is it? What is it? You may ask. You're just like, come on, just tell us. Stop. Stop teasing. So when I was making my list of movies that I may have missed, I was like, oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. So when I was looking it up, I was like, there it is. It's on Peacock for free. Uh, I heard it was awful. I wanted to see for myself. And that is the Firestarter remake. Um, it comes to us from Blumhouse. So that's, I was curious about it um, from that standpoint, because I like Jason Blum and the work that he does over there. And this one stars Zac Efron, and it's based on the 1982, 83, 84. I forgot the year, but the original one had Drew Barrymore in it. And uh, this one, uh, the synopsis goes as follows. A young girl tries to understand how she mysteriously gained the power to set things on fire with her mind. So it definitely Blumhouse's attempt to try to, you know, squeak their way into like the superhero craze. And yeah, so um, I had never seen the original. I like Blumhouse. I've heard nothing but just crap things about this movie. Like I, I haven't heard one good thing about it. So I was like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to go into this with an open mind, and I'm going to see if they're correct. So I watched the movie. It's very bad. Now, I am the type of person that generally likes most movies. I think movies are sometimes just okay. It's very rare for me to just be like, it's outright just bad. I've only had that experience like a couple times this year. Uh, the most recent one was Bullet Train. 
this is really bad. Uh, I don't like anything about this movie except for the score because it's John Carpenter and it's based on a Stephen King novel. And I believe John Carpenter was also affiliated with the original one in terms of the score. So, and I also heard the score for this one was basically just a retread of the original and he manipulated it a little bit. So even John Carpenter didn't care. And this is coming from the man who doesn't care that there's 1800 Halloween movies. He just wants to get paid. God bless the man. But at least with like the new Halloween movies, he makes every single theme different. He makes it stand out from the previous one. This one, it's like he didn't care and he was an autopilot. And that was the only good thing about this movie was just the, the score. So yikes. Okay. So let me just try to break this down as, as best as I can, but it was rough to sit through and it's only an hour and a half. That's what's frustrating is that the credits are about nine, eight minutes. So it's only like an hour and like 20 something minutes. Very, very short. I think I'll start with the director, Keith Thomas, which I looked up after I saw this movie and Keith Thomas, uh, Oh, he directed the vigil. Okay. So he directed the, this uh, film called The Vigil, uh, which I think I remember seeing and like I kind of enjoyed it. Um, you know, it, it is what it is, but um, it wasn't like anything crazy. And he's done a bunch of music videos and short films and yada, yada, yada. So this is like his first like big major feature behind a prominent studio. And of course, like Universal's distributing it. I want to start with like the story and how it was handled because I felt like the entire time, nothing new was added to this. Nothing made it modern. There was nothing to say about this movie. It was literally just an attempt to try to make their own version of X-Men. So Blumhouse could have a superhero movie under their belt. And it's one of the most egregious things I've seen from Blumhouse thus far. And I love Blumhouse. <clears throat> I get it. You make three Halloween movies, understandable. They make a lot of money. That's a great business move. This was only made to capitalize on a specific genre in Hollywood right now. But problem is they didn't give any effort. If they would have gave it an effort, that would have been a different story. But I felt like everything was just so by the books and like it just they had to hit their checkpoints as the as the movie was going along. Okay, okay, this happens to go into this facility. Okay, government bad guys, uh, little girl can't control fire. Okay, cool. And it's like they were just they watched the old movie, they wrote down a list of things they had to hit, and that was it. There was no emotion behind it, there was no um uh weight to it, it was just vapid storytelling that it felt like it just it had to be made so they can get into the superhero race and director keith thomas the one thing i really disliked about this film most of the conversations and most of the scenes comprised of medium shots and close-ups i'm not saying this whole movie was close-ups because that would be even even worse on the eyes but th there are wide shots but most of the conversations and most of the action taking place, medium shot, close up, medium shot, close up, close up, medium shot. It's just, it, it causes you to have a headache. And I was like, I, I hate this. It feels like we're too intimate on a situation that doesn't have the emotional weight to it. So you're like artificially pushing in the shot to make us feel something when you should just concentrate on the script 
and the the performance is doing that for us. Like that's what's frustrating is that it's just. Oh, anyways, um, yeah, I, I I hated the fact that most of the stuff was comprised of close ups. I was just it was just awful. Um, yeah, I just I felt like there was no passion behind it. I felt like it it didn't do anything uh, different from the original. I've never seen the original. That's what I'm saying. I watch this. And I'm like, it feels like I'm watching like what the old one was. It doesn't feel like there's anything new to it. Because the way I've been kind of reading the reviews is that everyone's been saying the same thing. And I'm like, well, I've never seen the original, but if this is how it is, then I might as well just go back and watch that one. Um, so yeah, there's that. The performances are also bad. Um, cartoony villains, Zach Efron. Listen, the man's got to make his bag. I get it. He got his paycheck, but he could have gave a crap. Um, felt like there was no passion behind that man whatsoever. Uh, the little girl was fine, I guess. And who's the mother? I thought she was also kind of stale and cold. It, it was just weird. It just, once again, it felt like everyone was there to create something, make a checklist so they can have a superhero film. And on top of all that, the mythology and the story behind how these powers are created, very generic. I'm like, this is something that you would see in any comic book movie. Cool. I've already seen this. Like, do something different. Like, I just, ugh, it's frustrating. Um, the violence was cool, I guess. It earns its R rating somewhat. Um, this could have easily been PG-13, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, I think their R rating was wasted. <laughs> Um, hey, listen, if you're going to go completely bonkers with it, you might as well just like go off the scale and do an 11 out of 10 in terms of ridiculousness, because maybe I would have enjoyed it a little bit more if they would have turned this more into like a B uh, level movie, <laughs> excuse me, may maybe making fun of superhero films. And this comes from someone that's a superhero fan. I don't mind that there's satire out there. I really don't. Uh, I love The Boys, for instance. That is pure satire and like what I'm already watching with like Marvel and DC. So like, I love it all. This could have done something different with that. And it chose not to. It just it felt like it was just a play-by-play. -play. And I know people are going to be thinking like, well, you didn't see the original. How would you know? You're right. I don't know. But it feels like it was a checklist movie just from watching this. There was no energy behind anything. It was just like, we got to get this shot. We got to get this done. Cool. Moving on. It's just like, it's just, uh, it's just frustrating. Um, Yeah, that's about it. I, yeah. Even with the climax of the film, when we get to the main the main fight scene or whatever, with the little girl, you know, starting her fires and like killing all these government officials, even that was not exhilarating. It was just like, cool, movie's almost over. So, um, yeah, I like the music. It's about it. It's it's bad. However, if you want to get drunk uh, or whatever, um, excuse me, turn it on. It's on Peacock for free. So yeah, that's my review of Firestarter. Um, please comment down below what you thought of the movie. Uh, yeah, whatever. So moving on. Anyways, when we come back from the break, uh, I want to go over Hunk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Is it going to be like the Righteous Gemstones or is it going to be something completely different? Well, just have to tune in and find out when we come back. And welcome back from the break. Let's not waste any more time and let's talk about Hunk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. 
In the aftermath of a huge scandal, Trinity Childs, the first lady of a prominent Southern Baptist megachurch, attempts to help her pastor husband, Lee Curtis Childs, rebuild their congregation. So after the scandal, they kind of just lost like 95% of their audience. And so they're, they hired a documentary crew to document their comeback. And so that is what we're watching. We're watching half mockumentary, half narrative. Um, and watching their journey uh, to climb back up to the top uh, that they desperately want to try to achieve again. So, you know, going into this, I remember looking at the false slate of movies and I saw this one and I love the righteous gemstones. And just from the poster and the synopsis, I was like, cool, this is giving me gemstone vibes. I love uh, the fact that the righteous gemstones are very, um, you know, it's, it's very dark, it's very comedic, it's very serious, it's a great thriller. It's just a really well-rounded show that pokes at the hypocrisies of uh, uh, mega pastors and everything from those like giant churches that hold like thousands and thousands of people. So this film kind of gave me that vibe, so I was, I was totally down for it. Never saw a trailer, just kind of jumped into it blind. After watching it, It's okay. Uh, there's definitely some great moments in this. And, you know, there's some frustrating stuff, uh, you know, uh, particularly like the ending of the film and how it kind of just leaves off um, with you wanting more and a little disappointing. But other than that, I, you know, it's, it's fine. It's, it's got, it's got some moments to where I think going to Peacock makes total sense. This is a great streaming movie. And if you love Regina Hall and Sterling K Brown and you want to watch, um, you know, a comedy bent on, you know, religious pastors. Sure, go for this one. But this one also has some great dramatic moments as well. So let's kind of dive into it. I want to talk about some of the great things first. In terms of narrative and the way this uh, film is structured, I love what director uh, Adama Ibo did in making this a mockumentary and uh, traditional narrative. So it was flopping back and forth between aspect ratios of the camera and just the the overall tone and feeling of it. Um, it was, it was a smooth transition between both of them. I never felt like it was jarring to kind of jump back between both. I was kind of riveted, um, just with the narrative in terms of like, what were they, what were these characters going to say on camera versus what we were going to see when they were having private conversations. So that was fascinating in terms of tone. I like what, uh, Ibo did in terms of making this a very well mixed comedy drama, some of the comedy did not work for me. It just didn't. <laughs> Excuse me. And there was a lot of stuff that made me laugh super hard. Uh, which, by the way, Sterling K. Brown, do more comedy, sir. Uh, Regina Hall has always been uh, the queen at comedy. But this man's got some chops. I've only seen him in mostly dramas, so this was fun to see. Anyways, the comedy and drama clashing of it worked really, well, really well. And since these are top-tier performers... Their transitions to be funny um, 10 seconds prior to something serious was amazing to watch because it, it was characters that were playing it up in front of the documentary cameras. And then when they would cut to the narrative cameras and we were seeing, you know, their private conversations, we were seeing like what was really bothering them, bothering them or the demons that they were facing. That was really great stuff. And I loved that contrast. It was a unique uh, telling of the narrative. And so... Yeah, some of the comedy did not work for me. The drama is what I really liked about it because I know Sterling K. Brown can do that. I know Regina Hall can do uh, drama as well. They are wonderful at doing that. Like I was mentioning earlier, the ending of the film was a bit abrupt, felt kind of like 
hey, this is a great realization for this character. And then it just kind of ends in credits roll. And I, I realize like what that all means for the character. Like this character is trapped in this cycle and they feel like they can never leave. And that is devastating. It's, it's heartbreaking. Um, but I felt like it was kind of, it stopped in the middle of, at the end of the second act or in the middle of the third act. And that was a bit frustrating. And that might be just a selfish thing because I, I was, you know, kind of enjoying like what I was watching and I was wondering how it was going to conclude. And so, um, yeah, it, it was a little disappointing on how it just felt abrupt, but you know, it's not like the biggest thing in the world, uh, for me. Um, yeah, uh, but overall the narrative was handled really well. The performances are all great. I want to talk about the uh, supporting characters first. Nicole Bahari, Bahari, and Confidence. What a great name! Um, they were great as the rival pastors. I loved their their personality and just uh, them as a couple. Like they definitely inhabited that like almost like fake happiness in front of the cameras. Uh, and then uh when the cameras were off of them they were a, a little bit more <laughs> scathing towards the other pastors it, I, I don't know they inhabited like what i would imagine a mega pastor would be like so i thought they were really great foils uh for the the childs if you will everyone else was really cool like it, it felt like we were following real life people in this town and not paid actors uh so it really kind of made the personality of the town shine i felt like we were really lived in uh with this town that we're following um and yeah everyone just felt like a real life person no one felt like an actor now to the main the main stars regina hall and Sterling k brown regina hall can do no wrong in my eyes even movies that i've hated her in like i still i still adore her because she is a fantastic performer in this one she delivers Sterling k brown he delivers I have no issue with their performances in this film. They are the type of uh, top-tier performers in my eyes to where they can balance comedy and drama and flip back and forth and make you cry laughing one second and then be deadly serious the next. And I loved how they handled um, both because Regina Hall is really great at improv, so she's always going to be she's the queen of that. But um, Sterling K. Brown, I've never seen his comedic chops, so seeing him kind of let loose and have fun and just... I don't know, just be kind of goofy. Like, I, I enjoyed that kind of side to him. I've never seen that before. I also hate that man with a passion because he's making every other man on earth extremely jealous because of the way he looks. My God, that six-pack and those pecs, sir, stop it. I'm jealous. No, he's, um, he's a good-looking guy. Um, and he definitely takes his shirt off a couple times, but um, yeah, no, it's just a little joke. But... Uh, yeah, I've I've always loved him, uh, especially in like This Is Us and like seeing him in the dramas. So I've never seen him flip over to comedy. So that was that was really interesting. But I really loved the drama aspects to this film, like I said before, and they conveyed it so well. There's so many demons and insecurities and fears and sadness between both of these people that yeah, they're they're turning on a character when they're in front of the documentary cameras, but when we see them in the in front of the narrative cameras and you know it's a little bit more private conversation between both of them it's it's sad and it's devastating and it really kind of touches on a point that i'm sure many pastors go through and like what they're fighting and um you know maybe secrets that pastors have that they just have never been able to get out like you can feel the, the pain and sadness between these two people 
and truly like just what they what they fear um and their their secrets and everything so yeah it was just really great stuff and i wish there was more of that but i understand making this into part satire part you know drama it it works for the most part um but i really really enjoyed the dramatic performances um and that's about it. Uh, I like the fact that um, Daniel Kaluuya and Jordan Peele both produced this film. Uh, I saw the Monkey Paw Productions logo in front of this. So I'm very happy that uh, those two guys are like uh, championing like smaller filmmakers and like uh, uh, low budget scripts and like really making them have a platform to shine. Um, so I might not have loved this fully. Um, but I do like aspects about it, and I appreciate the effort that Peel and Kaluuya are doing to bring filmmakers like Ebo and her script to life um, and just uh, release these smaller films. So I thank you, gentlemen, and thank you, Adama uh, Ebo. I will definitely follow your career from this point forward. So, And that will do it for my review of Hunt for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Thank you for listening to my review on that. And please comment down below whether you liked it, loved it, hated it, all that stuff. I would like to know your thoughts on it. But that will do it for this review. This episode of Real Me and Colin Movie Podcast 370 is in the bag. It is good. It is gone. It is out the door. Next week for episode 371, I will be going over Barbarian, which I've been hearing nothing but great things. And the twist is going to be insane. And this movie is just absolutely bonkers. I love it. Uh, I want to be on a horror thrill ride. Uh, it's giving me Don't Breathe vibes, you know, since it's all stuck inside of a house and everything. So. I don't know. Super excited for it. So next week, I will be going over Barbarian. But that will do it for this week's episode of the Real Me and Cole in the Movie Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Chase. I will see you guys next week for another episode. You guys are amazing, awesome, spectacular people. You guys' support just means everything to me. So I really appreciate it. Okay. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.